welcome to the podcast at Dawn's House, because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm, I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife, and I usually go third, but I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have an official running order. This is one of many things we didn't sort of decide on before we started. So yeah, it's kind of a crapshoot as to which of us is going to go second. So sooner or later, this was bound to happen, to be honest. I mean, I, I like think, that. I think we handled it professionally. <laughs> By right Im- up until yeah. now. No, by immediately drawing attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I kind of lampshaded it. You just jumped right back in and, you know, took a second try and it was fine. Uh, so, yeah, I probably should have stopped. Yeah. Oh, no, I was about to talk about how we're terrible at this. Like, you know, you got there ahead of me, it's fine. Well, I think now we're showing, not telling, how terrible we are at this. That's true. Mm. We ought to demonstrate it in a more practical manner. Let's talk about the book. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Okay, I think this is actually going to be a very easy one to summarize because it has almost no plot. Hmm. Yeah. Basically, Christy's mom is going to get married and then she gets married. And meanwhile, eight billion cousins come to town with their children to help get ready for the wedding. And they have 14 kids between them and they all need to be babysat and the girls babysit them. And literally that is the plot of the book. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very plot light. This was, I mean, one of my favourites when I was a kid because I have always been very fond of that kind of, it's plot light, but here are all the details for what we did in order to go, and our daily routine. Kind of like the little house in the big woods where mm. it's literally just, if you actually reread it, it's, it's just what they did every day and at different times of the year. There's no yep. actual storyline. Yes. And that's, and I love that. And I love that about this book. And I, as I read, cause I had forgotten what happened in it. And then I was like, oh, yes, they divided them by age. They made badges. Yay. <laughs> I remember this now. This is comforting yeah. and good. Yeah. I remember the badges as well, actually. Like, I, I think that's yeah. just something that really like sticks out to a kid. It's like, they have color coding. It came flooding back. Yeah. When I, uh, yeah, when I read this. But now I have to say, I was getting this book confused throughout with a later book where a similar scenario arises, except that they voluntarily decide to babysit for as many children as they can possibly find. Um, and I was like, I thought that happened in the in the other book, so I'm a, I'm a little bit confused. Um, but uh, I guess we'll get there in the end, and we'll see what happens in the second go round of Christy runs an illegal daycare. <laughs> I think there's definitely multiple books where they just decide to like go all out and babysit mm-hmm. all the babies. Um, I think this is kind of a recurring theme in these. Every so often they're just like, but but what if babies would more and more and more and more? <laughs> I mean... All the babies. To be honest with you, like, there's only so many ways these books can escalate. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, more babies is an obvious way to, like, raise the stakes. Exactly. <laughs> just, just babies intensify. <laughs> but, I mean, you know... Plot light, light aside, it is um, a very, very enjoyable book. Actually, I agree with you on that as a, as a kind of a fun genre for um, uh, like series that are generally quite action heavy. Um, I would, I'm thinking um, there are episodes of Star Trek that are like that as well, where it's just like a day in the life of the Enterprise. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> you do get to see like a lot of babysitting action and a lot of like the details of how they do this. And we have all agreed that as adults in our 30s, babysitting 14 kids sounds unimaginably difficult and horrifying. And these kids mm-hmm. really earn their $225, which I looked up and is close to $500 in today's money. Okay. About $100 a day, which is, um, I suppose, 
a little over minimum wage. Well, that's something. Yeah. The, the scene at the start when they leave all the babies off the first day and they have seven kids crying at the same time. I think at that point, if I were in Christie's shoes, I would have just vaulted over the fence and run and not stopped running ever. Oh, Christie's wow. not going to do that. Christie has stuff to prove. Christie's made of sterner stuff, but they like, are, oh, yeah. oh God. Mom. They're actually... The, the the episode that I found most stressful in that was one that I, as I read it, I was like, oh God, this is the chapter I always used to skip because it gave me the hives reading it, um, which was Stacy taking the older kids out to Mary Poppins and they misbehave horribly. <laughs> yes. yes. And actually I, reading it, I was like, oh, they weren't actually that bad, but they were kind of slightly bold. And um, they, they, one of them drops her sweets over the balcony onto. And they all get bold. kicked out of the cinema for that. They get kicked out of the cinema. And I was like, oh my God, I would die. And like, Stacey is so cross about it that she's actually not speaking to the kids. <laughs> I know. Think, yeah, picked up. In fairness, the oldest of the kids is only like a year or two younger than she is. Yeah. <laughs> Old enough to know better. I also, I have highlighted because I love it so much how insufferable Stacy's journal entry is for this. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a confession, you guys. I know you think I'm so sophisticated since I'm from New York and my hair is styled and everything, but no kidding. My favorite movie is Mary Poppins. I've seen it 65 times. <laughs> Can you imagine with a straight face writing that in a note to all of your best friends? I know you think I'm super cool because I look so cool and I act so cool, but get this. I am like a mere mortal. <laughs> Teenage journals are often pretty cringy, but they generally tend to skew the other way. Like, you know, being more like, oh, everything is terrible and not, I have a cool veneer. But, yeah. yeah, as opposed to my unique tortured soul. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But yeah. this thing to write that in your own personal journal, but like she knows mm-hmm. this is a shared journal. <laughs> She's literally just writing a letter to her best friends saying, I know I'm super cool, but... The intros, Um. so the way that... Anna Martin has set it up and each uh, each account of a babysitting job that's given as a journal record, um, which I love and makes these epistolary novels. They really imply that the girls are sitting in a meeting writing an extended essay <laughs> on each individual sitting job, which is impressive because it really, if it was me, I'd be like bullet points, you know, <laughs> ate sandwiches, ran around the backyard, went home, yeah. got paid, you know. like Oh, for sure, uh, they don't need that. I remember reading them, yeah, this time around, thinking, hang on, they actually write, why do they write them up in that? They just need, they don't need this. And also, no <laughs> way, no way did Claudia Kishi actually do that. <laughs> she she has a delightfully misspelled opening yes. passage, but like... <laughs> but like, no way did she actually... I think this is a, a, a bit of a suspension of disbelief required mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just, just going to assume they did a lot more handwriting than any kid would voluntarily do. I mean, I'm actually... I'm did I just make you spit wine, Karen? Yes. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about, like... I don't know why. This is like uh, handover notes uh, in a hospital. Like, you, you don't need any of that. You literally need the bullet points. You need, like, mm-hmm. to only share the essentials. Have you deliberately turned your... No. Okay. No, no. <laughs> I keep... Back. I'm trying to clean my keyboard, <laughs> and I keep hitting the <laughs> the button that turns off the camera. We are such a professional media outfit. <laughs> I think we're going to be syndicated on NPR any day now. I think uh, yeah. the world needs us and our, our <laughs> professionalism. 
Let's set up a Patreon. Okay. Um, I think, okay. Jesus Christ, we should be paying people to listen to this. <laughs> For my money, my favorite disastrous babysitting trip is Karen Brewer gets banned from the playground because I didn't even know you could oh get God. banned from a playground. Yes! It's amazing. I mean, I was mostly confused as to why there was a playground moderator doing activities. <laughs> yes. I'm like, playgrounds are just places with dangerous furniture. What's this you're about? Supposed, <laughs> you're supposed to supervise your own kids in the playground. Yeah, what is the municipal budget of Stony Brook? <laughs> like, that they have people that are there to entertain your kids at the playground, which is already the place to entertain your kids. Like, yeah, yeah you're, you're exactly this right. Is, this is just a very... Oh, no, wait, no. I was going to say maybe it's because they're in Watson's neighborhood, but they're not. They're in Christie's normal neighborhood. So, like... Mm-hmm. I, I guess this is still just very sheltered and very wholesome and they have staff at the playground and the staff do not appreciate it when you bring your sassy stepsister to be and she tells all the kids there's an impending Martian invasion and they need to take shelter underground or they're going to be taken away in spaceships and then all the kids <laughs> run away and it's very unclear if they ever find them all. <laughs> and Donna's just sort of like, I hope they were able to find parents or siblings who reassure them. Like, yeah, I fucking hope so. <laughs> Maybe Dawn is not used to this whole scenario either. Dawn's from California. Uh, like, I think it's wall to wall batshit conspiracies over there. Well, that's the thing. In California, the kids wouldn't freak out. Well, yeah, no, she's not. It's not the conspiracy theory. It's um the the person at the playground. This is yeah. This is still kind of a blocking issue for me. I'm still the most confused about this because Karen Brewer is just acting in an extremely on-brand way for herself. Oh, yeah. Um, These kids are just not prepared for her energy. Like, no. <laughs> like <laughs> normal kids are not quite that. They don't scatter and run away in this situation. They, so they were trying clearly, to do her. <laughs> she is very persuasive. <laughs> yes, and I love it. Like, you can see her running a cult one day. She'd be good at that. She's doing it right now, lads. The person who is uh, at the playground is not there to supervise the kids, clearly. She's there to entertain them. Yes. And that's also confusing. Yeah. Like, So she's got angry with kids for being for doing kid things, which includes going batshit and running away. <laughs> and clearly that's not part of her job description. She's like, oh my God, I've never had to deal with this before. I'm going to bar this child from my establishment. This <laughs> causes... Like, what do you know what children are like <laughs> she clearly doesn't she's clearly very inexperienced and maybe like this is her college summer job or something but yeah i suppose yeah yeah that would make sense that said like i that that's that's a bit much though oh that them all going i crazy. think the assuming no that the karen managed to scare the other children every other child on that playground so badly they ran screaming like that's that's not, I can see why she'd be like, could, could she just not come back for a while, please? Thank you, because she could do this again. Kid, take that child away. She's wrecking my buzz. I mean, she, she just recognizes how powerful Karen is. I mean, she is though, right? We're not equipped to handle her, basically. Yeah, that's Karen. I think you you have to assume if you're running a facility for children that the worst is going to happen in terms of their behavior. Yes. And the, like all, all planning for municipal child facilities should include, okay, what if they, 
there like a hundred of them ran in every direction at once. <laughs> Who would think of that? I mean, they will probably go with what if a child throws another child off the top of the monkey bars, but they're not going mm. to think of what if Karen Brewer rolls a nat 20 <laughs> on her persuasion check to feckin' convince the other kids there's a Martian invasion tonight and she's 85% convinced herself. Like, <laughs> there's some documentary where um we have like an interview with the playground attendant except that like she's her issue's just a silhouette and she's like yes we planned for all the contingencies or so we thought <laughs> and then there's a slow-mo reconstruction of a hundred children scattering <laughs> with actors that are clearly like adults <laughs> dressed in kids clothes <laughs> okay so um the bit i liked from the uh the notes provided by Anna Martin at the end, mm-hmm. actually, I was going to mention that is that uh, she says um, that she enjoyed writing Karen so much in this book mm-hmm. that this was the point at which she started to think about her getting her own series. And it was a year later that the first of the Karen books uh came out um which i think was the one that was handed to me on a playground by somebody going oh you'll like this it's a girl with the same name as you (laughs) um and inspired a generation of karens but not the kind that want to talk to the manager no oh no if karen wanted to talk to the manager she'd talk to the manager (laughs) and she'd tell him there was a martian invasion coming also she (laughs) bites her father on his wedding day (laughs) which is again extremely powerful extremely dominant I am here for it. Yeah. Oh, I love my children so much. I'm so glad they were not around to attend my wedding. <laughs> yeah, you just had my kid to ruin your wedding. Look. Your kid was epic. Look. She was one of the best parts of that wedding. And I, I say that advisedly. She stole, she stole toothbrush from another baby at the reception, ran about waving it. I'm not the shepherd. No, during the ceremony. The, it was the ceremony. the ceremony. It was during the mm-hmm. vows. She was ran around hands. holding it triumphantly over her head as a guest at that ceremony. I <laughs> enjoyed it. The bit that you couldn't see that I could see from my rather privileged position up the front getting married <laughs> was Sophia approaching the emergency exit, which was alarmed. <laughs> and me, I was looking at it going, you know what? This feels like somebody else's problem. <laughs> I think McDee managed to like retrieve her before she caused an incident. She, yeah, it was great. She was hilarious. She has since gone on record as saying she just wanted to find out where the music was coming from. <laughs> so she tried to get out the, the fire door. She also almost brushed her teeth with the baby's toothbrush, but fortunately, she still had a soother in and c- couldn't quite get it together enough to swap them around. <laughs> We we recreated this uh, incident in the various photos that people were taking at the time. Yeah, it was kind of like a, a crime scene. You could sort of piece it together. She's in the background of loads of people's photos. <laughs> These are some of my favorite parts of the whole wedding. Um, and I, I knew when I uh, asked you to provide your two-year-old as a flower girl um, that a certain amount of chaos would ensue. And I wasn't disappointed. So um, <laughs> I highly recommend it if you need um, sort of uh, just an, an element of you know unpredictability uh, yeah yes weddings are pretty boring exactly. you know you're gonna keep the people entertained yes. they don't want to hear your vows all mine really brought was wasps so yeah oh yeah we got marked i enjoyed your wedding yeah we got marked yeah. down for it people gave us marks like it was an lt ritual and we got marked down for the wasps because we lost a relevance <laughs> mark they couldn't see what they were there for <laughs> Oh my god. I, I think if the wasps had turned out to be plot relevant that could only have been a bad thing <laughs> Yeah, 
That's a good point. I think actually that might have been why I got drunk so quickly in the, at the ceremony was to suppress my fear of the wasps. It was the only way to keep myself from like fleeing. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, You're welcome. Okay. Appreciate it. <laughs> anyway, um, hmm. now we've trash talked everyone's wedding, but mine. I, your wedding was your pretty wedding great. Was lovely. Mine, mine didn't have wasps or chaotic children. No, but it had that beautiful venue and you wore Converse. Like, I liked a lot of things about your wedding. One of the things that stands out about your wedding was like, your dad's perfect pronunciation of your new surname. <laughs> it's a feat that not many people can pull off. I mean, we did almost have all of the guests get stranded and not turn up to the oh, wedding. Yes. There was that minor hitch. <laughs> I, I, I was in the back of the car um, with the bride in the front, um, sitting in the back with the bride's mother, who received a text that made her pull a face. Um, I, I think she also said fuck yeah she, she did definitely said something and um, uh, you were like oh what's going on she said oh nothing no, it's, it's fine and um, she showed me the text which was something along the lines of the bus with all the pass with all the attendees has got lost um, <laughs> and uh, so I must have been uh, on that bus but I don't remember realising it, it's not so I've been back there since and like it is not that hard to find <laughs> it's about like 20 minutes from dublin city center um so anyway what we they arrived at the venue like like 10 or 15 minutes late it was actually fine because a very very organized friend of ours had a smartphone which weren't actually that common mm. at the time and who like google maps it and got us back on track yes it, it could have been, been worse. much worse it could. so i think we didn't tell you about this until you didn't tell me about it until they had turned uh, yeah. up we got a call <laughs> so when my mom got this text and and started swearing in the back seat she told me that the reason she was swearing was because she pricked her finger on a thorn from one of the bouquets Mm. And I had spent about an hour and a half the previous night very carefully trimming all the thorns off all the roses. So I knew she was lying. <laughs> and I just thought, do you know what? I'm not going to push it. I'm I'm just going to assume someone else is going to handle whatever the situation is. And I'm just going to pretend to believe this. And then we got to the room where we were meant to get ready. And then there was a call from the front desk. And Karen was like, oh, thank you. Oh, that's great. And then hung up and was like, so Esther, you'll never guess what happened. But it's all fine now. I like it. In fact, I think you had answered the phone and had kind of like laughed knowingly when they asked for me. <laughs> Like, yeah, I knew you were up to something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was all fine and it was a really good wedding. All right. So the the book wedding does not go quite as smoothly as all of our respective weddings. Not really. Um, Although, before we get into the wedding, I just have to say, and this is because this is one of the things that struck at me when I first read this as well. Uh, Colleen and Wallace's kids are named Ashley, Grace, Peter and Burke. Burke. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Burke. I can only assume it's short for Berkeley. Maybe. Which is unconscionable. I have a note on it. My note just says, what the actual fuck? <laughs> um, My, mine says, cousins, many cousins, Burke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just highlighted the name Burke with the note, what the actual... I mean, I think it's probably not an insult over... I mean, the mm -hmm. reason it's an insult yeah. here is because of rhyming slang for Berkshire Hunt. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, which means... Okay, it, that's highly specific, really. Yeah, it so is. it's not... But also, Burke. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's 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 used much more generally than that. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, just we to don't. Just to mean, like, like, 
a gal. But which also means <laughs> good <Yes>. point. <laughs> As does twat, which we also use, but more generally. Yes. So basically, we just can't stop calling people vaginas. None of these are good yeah. things to call your child. Yeah. So um nobody calls their christens their child twat though. <laughs> like, I mean I hope I hope not. I sh- I shouldn't say nobody because clearly someone has Statistically so someone has. Um one of my favorite books from when I was um a teenager, actually every now and again I read it again and it's still fucking hysterical, is um Jan Mark's Enough is Too Much Already. Um, and there is, it's, it's just basically these, uh, kids sitting in a school canteen talking shite. Um, and one, in one of the episodes, there's an elaborate ruse played, described by one of the characters, which has been played on two American lads he met on the train. Um, and they say, uh, at one point, yeah, he's, he was called Randy. Americans do seem to go around calling themselves Randy. Do you think we should tell them? <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, there, as there clearly are um, cultural differences in terms of the yeah oh, nomenclature. There are probably names we use over here that just cannot be cannot be countenanced at all in the US. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know of any name, names but... that we have that are like an insult or a lunch meat, considering we had a kid called <laughs> Ham Junior last time. Yeah, fair. <laughs> like. It's not like we're calling our kids salami or bologna or whatever. <laughs> just just names that are unpronounceable. Yeah, in, I mean, that's you know, fine. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I like to think of that as like like a mark of like superiority. It's like, well, I know how two spelling systems work. <laughs> Should we uh... <laughs> oh, call the babysitter's club? Oh, yes. <laughs> last, last week, we actually decided that it'd be a great idea to try and get through all the book stuff as fast as possible. Um, so that seems to have not lasted. We well, we did. I, I summarized the book plot in literally one well, sentence. True, actually. Yeah. I think <laughs> there's very little much, plot. Actually, I have to say, like, having got married, the, like, <laughs> oh my God, the wedding has to be this week of the first or in two weeks or whatever it is of the first mm-hmm. chapter. Definitely. It's really stressful. I mean, yes. like, yeah, when I was yeah. 12, I didn't care. Yeah. Uh, as a 37-year-old who has been married, I'm like, oh no. Yes. Also, oh, <laughs> poor Mrs. Thomas. Oh no. Can I just say, yeah. I have unending respect for Nanny, who had to uh-huh. make an unspecified number of dresses, but it was at least two, with two and a half weeks notice. Mm-hmm. That kind of made me break out in a cold sweat. <laughs> also, the fact that they had to teach the guests how to cook all the food. The caterer said that they'd make like canapes, but or no, the caterer said they'd make mains, but they had to make their own canapes and hors d'oeuvres, which Christy helpfully explains what both of those things are. I would be going down mm. to the freezer aisle <laughs> <laughs> and picking up yes. those pre-made Christmas party packs. <laughs> and that would be it. I really wish we'd got a chapter showing like everyone learning how to roll out puff pastry from the freezer. That would be amazing. <laughs> and like frantically placing garnishes. If you recall from the last episode, I know that like, you know, Dawn's mum is from California and only eats tofu, obviously. Um, but she didn't know that pre-made coleslaw is available. So maybe, who knows what you could get in the 80s. Maybe they expected you to have cooking skills. Maybe you had to like read, um, like the women's weekly and make towers out of aspic. If this oh, was Ireland, I would say yes. This was a America, which I remember yeah. the 80s. In the 80s, America was a fantastic wonderland where 
Like, if you could imagine it, you could probably buy it in the shop there. Mm, that's true. Like- and <laughs> let's not forget, they're getting married in the house of a literal millionaire with all his literal millionaire friends. Yeah. I was going to say, so why like- couldn't Watson just hire another caterer for God's sake? Because they only had two and a half weeks notice. Offer them treble oh. money. What? <laughs> Offer them like treble the money. We, oh, guys, though, we do live in the vicinity of. Okay, you don't live in the capital city. You live in the next best thing, though, Eva. <laughs> I live um, in the cool like, hippie city. Yeah, you, you live in the. You live in the city. California of Ireland. <laughs> oh man, I wish we had that weather. <laughs> do you guys even have potato salad? Like. Come on. Um, but maybe there just literally are not enough caterers in this town. No, actually, what I was just thinking was that he could hire people in from Stanford or something. Like, he's mm. got a lot of money. That solves most problems. Now, there's a line, actually, which I'm going to repeat here because I, I noticed it on this reread, which was, Now, Watson and I and Watson's ex-wife and your father all have various ideas about how to spend our money, which is Christy's mom explaining to her um, when Christy quite reasonably says um, something about don't sell the house to the first buyer that comes along, just wait a bit, it's going to be fine. You're marrying a millionaire, <laughs> um, and Christy's mom like, no, we have. And so this, I think, is an extremely low key way of saying that like there are many lawyers involved in the situation <laughs> at the moment. Fair, fair. Um, uh, but if they have to get married in his backyard and can only afford one caterer despite him being very wealthy yeah i suspect this is a more acrimonious divorce than we like than we realized i mean on a first reading also it's convenient for the narrative i mean it is i mean to be fair i think it does come down to it's the last minute and watson has too much integrity to be like i'll pay you four times what the person who has you booked for that date's paying you please cancel on them I mean, yeah. I'm guessing, really. Oh, yeah, and plot reasons. But also, the acrimonious divorce thing makes sense in terms of the Thomases, anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I suppose that that aspect makes sense. There's, it's definitely Chris's mom has the like decency and sense not to bitch about stuff to the mm. kids, but. But she could probably tell some stories. Probably. Christy emphasizes that. Watson and his ex-wife have a very flexible custody arrangement and that sometimes Karen and Andrew want to spend more time with Watson and that's fine. Um, that seems... Which is interesting because you don't, there are quite a lot of divorced families and you don't necessarily see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that does sound uh, very healthy. Yes. Yeah, and like they're, yeah, you know, communicating and actually being adults mm. about it. And, very yeah. unlike the Barretts, in other words. Watson hasn't even kidnapped his kids once. Yeah. What kind of father is he? <laughs> I'm going to go get some more wine. I'll be right back. All right. Okay, cool. cool. I have a ton of notes for this, actually. Awesome. Um, uh, But they're all a bit random. One of them is just crab crepes for 300. Yes, what the fuck? (laughs) That sounds disgusting. I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) speaking as someone who's never been within eating distance of a crab, but crab crepes for 300... It literally makes me feel physically sick. I I am assuming that this is something more along the lines of like blini, where it's a it's a mini thing where, where the crab is decently concealed inside something, so you don't have to look at it. And where oh god, are you just picturing like a whole crab? No, that that's not a very common way of serving crab. I, I'm picturing like crab. a crepe and a crab. And a puddle of like fishy smelling bechamel sauce. <laughs> oh God. What? <laughs> this is, we both noted down the line crab crepes for 300, which is, uh, Mrs. Thomas freaking out at the start about 
where she's going to get her, what her caterer is going to say when she says she's getting married in like yeah. a week. And um, the caterer said, I don't know, make, make bagel bites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> you can have apple slices. I'll cut them all up and arrange them. It'll be nice. I did, I laughed a lot at um, Christie's, uh, so Christy comes home and finds her mother sitting at our kitchen table looking hysterical. If she's sitting down, she can't be that hysterical. Good point. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, so um, her she uh, has apparently had some bad news. Um, and Christy says, don't tell me, I said, so be inspired. Let me take a guess. The wedding's in five days and we're moving in two weeks. No, said mom with another smile. The wedding's tomorrow and we're moving on Wednesday. No. The wedding's in five minutes and we're moving tonight? No. But this is the point at which they learn that 14 children are about to descend on them. I, I was like, actually, it wasn't the children so much as all of these people showing up to help TM um, that made me go, oh, God. Because, um, yeah, like, yeah, I had I had quite a lot of I, a lot of useful help for my wedding. But I could clearly see what it was going to be like if you had one of those kind of families where they were like, no, you have to do it this way. That thing that you're doing is wrong. Um, I, I think I would immediately have thrown it like a bridezilla fish if somebody had tried that on me. No way. This makes like, me really wish we got a chapter from the parents' perspective because you know yes. like someone had a huge shit fit about tablescapes or something. <laughs> I was doing the napkins. No, I was doing yes, the napkins. Exactly. I can't imagine, like in that kind of scenario, I know who I would have got to help me. And I would not, I would have been related to one of those people. <laughs> Is it your mum? Yes, it's my mum. <laughs> and like yeah, that said, I might have co-opted mum and dad to do specific tasks, but I would not have mm-hmm. invited either of them over. <laughs> they don't la- They don't have any specific skills that I would have needed them there for in person. Maybe mum to visit and check things, but like all of the make the food, fold the napkins, whatever they were doing, find again. No. Like I yeah. love my parents dearly. Uh, none of my relatives. Maybe my brother could have driven things to places. Mm. That's it. I'm picturing my siblings strangling each other with like oh tasteful floral garlands. Or something. <laughs> my folks and my um my in laws, everybody. Yeah, they were actually really great. But but this is like totally contingent on them letting me me and Brian like boss them around, like boss them around, and not being all like. Yeah, like that knitting blogger who knitted her sister um, a surprise shawl to wear over her wedding dress oh no. without checking with her. Oh no. And who said, yeah, but I'm so self-sacrificing that I've worked it out. If you don't like it, I have enough time that I can knit you another one that's more to your specifications if you prefer. Uh, it was in champagne. It was like beige. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and the sister eventually, she said we had a discussion, and she's um, we've we've talked it through, and uh, yeah, she's decided that this is actually what she wants to wear, and she can wear it. And I was like, yeah, she is fucking terrified of you yeah. if she agreed yeah. to this. And there were like three hundred commentators going, oh my god, what a thoughtful gift, and only about about like person number eighty five was like, ha yeah, this is really nice, but you should um, maybe you know have consulted your sister <laughs> before you went ahead and spent six weeks of your life doing this very beautiful thing that she may not want to wear on her wedding day. I bragged like, it about one thing. One. Oh yeah. And that was to do with clothes. It was, I decided mm-hmm. that, because I, I was gonna, I originally had said, look, bridesmaids can wear, like, whatever you want, but green. 
And then, mm-hmm. like, a dress book. I don't know. I didn't even care if it was a dress, but they were up for dresses, so that was fine. <laughs> um, uh, Rick was the traditionalist, really. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. I've got my top hat. I don't care about anything else. Um, <laughs> it was cute. And then I realized that I cared deeply and passionately about whether their dresses were the same color. Um, and, like, they were actually very similar shapes, but very, very different sizes. Uh, mm-hmm. And therefore, I was like, okay, I'm going to pay for you guys to have dresses also made because I can't yeah. cope with your dresses being different colors and you're never going to buy them. Like, there was, weren't a lot of green. We were doing green. There weren't yeah, a lot of green yeah, dresses. Yeah, yeah. And- I don't know. If you paid for it, I think that gets you off the hook for bridezilling. Of course I paid for it. I like, know. But like, why would yeah. I not have... I, I was forcing them to have green 50s prom dresses made. Like, How terrible. <laughs> but it's the one thing that I was like, irrationally, no, I will lose my shit if this is not exactly the way I want it. It was like the only thing that I was like that about. That's pretty good but, going. But yeah, no, I yeah. tell us about colours. Maybe because you didn't have ten cousins come in to help fully make decor items or whatever. I, it's really unclear what the cousins were actually doing this whole time. <laughs> um, yeah, there are really a large amount of children at the wedding. And I know that this is because it is a very child-focused <laughs> series of books. But um, we were considered slightly eccentric. We had nine kids under five at a wedding of... 150 people or so like, oh my god that's so many children um but it was great it was really nice i would have, have like, loved chisellers running around to have loads of kids running around the wedding i mean i really wanted a toothbrush incident <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't have a toothbrush incident if it's adults <laughs> because adults doing that kind of thing are being alarmingly drunk exactly. too early in the proceedings yes it's much less charming <laughs> your ceremony being disrupted by a small child running amok is kind of funny um, depending on your view of these things. Your ceremony being interrupted by an adult running amok is like the kind of story that gets told years later mm-hmm. at like acrimonious family gatherings. <laughs> That's the last time we invited Uncle Patrick. <laughs> exactly. To anything. You shut up, Patrick, after what you did at my wedding 57 years ago. How dare you address me the owner of that toothbrush was very upset we have to talk about the book okay karen hit us with the rest of your notes <laughs> okay um well i do like a, a quick fire okay so there's uh christy's voice narrative voice which i love um but yeah is way shadier than i noticed when i read it the first <laughs> yeah she time. really doesn't so, like aunt theo uh yeah and like we get introduced to all these relatives and then we don't know why colleen is the favorite or why theo is such a pill except that her husband is like slightly kind of old-fashionedly dressed like an uncle as, yes. you know his shirt yeah. and pants don't match so yeah like, i actually have that oh, highlighted what does judgy. that even mean How, like yeah. it's really trousers are generally fairly like <laughs> neutral <laughs> colored what the fuck <laughs> do you have to be wearing for your shirt These and pants yeah. to not match you have to remember Aoife, it's the middle of the 80s everyone's in jumpsuits christy is obviously what? shaming him for not wearing jumpsuits <laughs> like everybody else but when she says his shirt and tra- and tops don't match maybe he's wearing those incredible one of those incredibly loud suits where it's like a a black and white check (laughs) pants and orange and purple check (laughs) i guess uh, suit jacket i don't know maybe it's something like that is he also in a stabbed by any chance (laughs) (laughs) she these are all things anna martin we need answers if you're listening 
Um, oh God, please don't be listening. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Christy, yes. being judgy about clothes. Oh no, wait. I thought you were going to say speaking of Christy being low key a lesbian, but you go on. Mm. Oh, also, but uh, no. Speaking of uh, Christy being judgy about clothes, I had this highlighted in one of the early chapters. Like Claudia, Stacy enjoys looking good. She enjoys putting together outfits, and she enjoys shopping. So does her mother, who has who time has for such time things. For such things. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you've not written down as well. Oh, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's not a ton of working moms in this book. There's some, but mm. wow, Christy. Well, I guess Christy really admires her mom for how hard she works. She, and she stuff, does, so but like, like that's yeah, some yeah. shade there, Fucking though. Stacey's girl, mom is a freeloader. Now, Christy is hilariously yeah. judgy, but yes, she um at one point enthuses about how nice Dawn's hair is and says she hopes she never cuts it or changes it, which is not a heterosexual thing to say about your friend's hair, frankly. Sometimes I smell it secretly and she's (laughs) turned away from me. I'm emotionally invested in my friend's hair. Especially for a girl who, like, does not care. Yeah. About clothes and hair and appearance. (laughs) Yes, but she suddenly cares a lot about Dawn's hair for some reason. Um, This is Dawn, who kind of started out as a rival. Yep. But the two know, people who uneasy sort of the two people who the French. fanfic gets Christy together with most often uh, are Marianne and Dawn. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah, 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 and they both make a lot of sense. Yeah, she and Claudia have kind of slightly too similar energy in terms of the um, go gettingness and whatever. So yeah, I can see that if if you want opposites to attract, then yeah, yeah that's that not even the, yeah, it just it just yeah. I mean, the Marianne thing is also the like they've been friends since they were forever, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, I, I kind of see those both being like the most plausible options also yeah, like christy or um, claudia seems pretty straight yes, yes. although oh, yeah. so oh yes oh my god i love her her incredible diss on trevor sandburn who she had a crush on a few months <laughs> oh yes ago. um but she's not going to the end of term dance with him because he's probably dating his own poetry these days <gasps> that is amazing yes. um and even though i don't think i knew any boys of that description <laughs> when you're growing up you can kind of picture you them. can absolutely oh, picture God, them. yes fair play to her for knowing what she wants and what she doesn't want yes <laughs> this oh, time yeah. period and also fair play to trevor for just leaning into this particular hat that he's currently wearing he definitely <laughs> uses a typewriter in the 21st century <laughs> oh no these days yeah yeah Possibly, like, on the New York subway as performance art. Either that or he's really grown out of all of that and actually he's a merchant banker. Oh, God. Which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's all terrible. Um, There's another thing I've highlighted here uh, in the early chapter. I-, I went mad the early chapters and then speed read the rest mm-hmm. of it for some reason. And they were talking about what, like, oh, Karen can have any, or Christy can have any colour dress she wants once Karen mm-hmm. agrees to it, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I think you should choose pink, too cutie, green, said Claudia. For a wedding? Which I have highlighted and gone, did I get that wrong? Can you not wear green at your wedding? She's calling you out personally across the decades. I personally, like, I I never, like, no one ever told me that. What? I don't know what her issue is. I think she's just being random, to be honest. Is this this another holdover from the 60s, back when there was etiquette that has sort of died? Like not wearing white shoes after Labor Day and stuff. Not wearing white after Labor Day, but yeah, I guess... Like, I don't know. It's like this thing of this notion that everyone wears black at a funeral. And in fact, like, mm-hmm. nobody necessarily does unless they wear a lot of black anyway. Yeah. Or like, if you're not part of the close family and you turn up dressed in black, 
it just looks like you're attention seeking. <laughs> or a goth. I checked with a friend of mine if it was okay for me to wear a black dress to her wedding and she was like, of course it is. Um, and she was baffled by the notion that you mightn't wear black. <laughs> I would check. Yeah, at one stage in my life, my like only like good dress was black, and I didn't have the oh, money yeah. to get another one for a wedding, and I wore the good one. But I like was meant to have a black ribbon that went around the waist, so I like replaced it with a red one, so that it wasn't like yeah, I'm yeah. wearing black to your wedding, even though I totally was. That black dress looks. <laughs> that black Actually, dress I- looks amazing, and that is the dress that I gave the dressmaker to copy for my wedding dress. Oh, yes. Um, I think I would have been a little put out if someone had worn white to my wedding. (laughs) A big white dress sends more of a message. That has a reason. You don't want to be mistaken for the bride. There's a specific reason for that. But it's also very like, look at me! I'm doing a thing! (laughs) My, my, uh, my cousin, who is the oldest of three daughters who are all like they're like night and day and another thing other than night and day they're so different through night um, day and february i don't know <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> um so my oldest cousin is quite um she's very stylish she got an invite to a wedding at one point um presumably from a, a friend or partner of a friend adjacent to this whole kind of thing um which she thought was really bonkers um where it specified that um the bridesmaids dresses were coming from coast which is a shop here yeah uh, quite a fancy shop and so nobody was allowed to wear dresses from coast <laughs> um just in case they accidentally wore the same as the bridesmaid dress that is specific <laughs> i have by the way just given the finger <laughs> to the monitor yep wow yeah, she just looked just the bird Wow. Uh, well, lucky for you, I'm too cheap to buy a dress at Coast. <laughs> I know they're fucking expensive. Yes. But if you're gonna wear, if you're gonna buy a dress from Coast, even in the sale, you're probably gonna wear it to a wedding or many weddings. I mean, that's many the only wedding. reason anyone buys anything from Coast. It's where you buy a to thing wear, to wear to someone else's wedding. To a wedding. Yeah. That's literally what it's for. It was very, very directive. Gosh, okay, yes, so this is all basically that we talk about our weddings episodes. Yes. Um, I mean, it's it's on topic. All right, I want to skim through some outfits. Oh, yes. So Christy, having, like, extensively said how little she cares about clothes, loses her mind at the idea of getting a long, fancy dress with flowers because she gets to be a bridesmaid. I felt betrayed by that. Me too. I was like, Like, I know she's 12 and she's going through a lot of changes and she's learning who she is as a person, but I feel betrayed by this. Since I was far younger than Christy, and to this very day, I hate long dresses. I I felt betrayed by how excited she was to get her first pair of heels, because, like, it's yes. not good for her growing foot bones, and you can't <laughs> babysit in heels, you can't run around and play softball in heels, and... Christy, yeah. I expect it better from you. It would have been a perfect opportunity for Christy to ask if it was okay to wear Converse. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Although... Maybe that was just not. It probably thinkable. just wasn't thinkable, but an adorable pair of yellow Converse would have been very cute. <laughs> I think also, I doubt Anna Martin wanted to be too outside of gender norms in case Scholastic looked at her in the 80s and went, today, out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this is actually the a, a, a heavy editorial hand that we're reading instead of But I doubt it is. I think she was just being like, you know, these books well, they're pretty mainstream. They're tame, they're mainstream and mainstream didn't really include well, I'm wondering if maybe she also didn't want to be responsible for a generation of tween girls having fights with their parents because Christy got to wear Converse to a wedding, so why can't I? 
Well, she might have been responsible for a bunch of 12-year-olds having fights with their parents because Mary Ann got to wear contacts, but there you go. Mm, good point. <laughs> Reading contacts, but however. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is part of the trade-offs that she was making ah. um, in order to have things like a more ethnically diverse cast of characters. Yeah, um, maybe. You know, I, I, and in that case, I'm like, yeah, like, like, like Christy, wear a long dress, whatever. Maybe she just fancied it. It's like, it's cosplay. <laughs> I guess, I guess. I guess. No, that makes sense. Cosplay. Then we have Chris, or Claudia's outfit, uh, which is a black leotard and skin tight red pants under a white shirt that was so big it looked like a lab coat. Claudia's a wonderful artist and she had decorated the shirt herself, covering it with designs painted in acrylic. That sounds exhausting to wear and to look at. Yeah, but if you're a fashion conscious middle schooler, it would be worth it. It's it's just a top and pants. Leotard though. A, Leotard. Yeah, they they are exhausting to wear for sure because of the having <laughs> mean, to unsnap them and put them back on. Oh. Yeah. Um But you remember yeah. in the early nineties when they were called bodysuits? Oh yeah. They, are they still called bodysuits? I guess they Things might be. I think they're called a body now. It's just a they're, body, not a body. A suit. body. That's they're back at the shops and I was like, no. No. Mm. Why can't you just why can't you just be a top? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my approach as well. I'm not even wearing much in the way of sleeves these days. I just feel like a leotard and a lab coat sounds like the outfit you throw on your Barbie from like whatever Barbie clothes were discarded at the bottom of the toy box. No, no, but it's it's like it is chaotic. But yeah, if you think about it, like because she's got the the pants, it it literally looks like just a top and pants, like leggings Mm -hmm. and a top with uh, a big baggy white shirt over it. Which, with patterns on. So that's actually pretty... Unless she's buttoned the leotard over the leggings like they did in the 80s. Like, picture like a jazzercise <laughs> oh, no. video or whatever. No, I'm she's... thinking about that. Okay. Yeah. I'm here for that. That's. I that's think that's zany. what it is. I think she's wearing red leggings yeah. with the leotard over. I like it. <laughs> Look, you're 12, Claudia. You make your mistakes now. This is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. You live your life. Yeah, so just a, a couple of things quickly. Um, Sam prank calls the babysitter's club. Yes! Um, in a prank call that references Little Women, and I'm like, you know what, Sam? I uh, I would give you points for this. Respect. You, you have read a book. You're a 14 year old boy who has read the kind of classic. Like he knew to call her Marmy, and this was before the Winona Ryder movie came out. Yes, he mm-hmm. he, he yep. calls the club saying his name is Marmy March, and he needs a babysitter who can handle Little Women, and yeah. like. I salute him. <laughs> if I was his mother, I would be very pleased that his prank calls were so no. highbrow. <laughs> I had a bit of a Captain America. I got that reference though when I read it. Because these books were so full of things that I'd never heard of as a kid. Because it was like all yeah. these US cultural references. And yeah. I was like, those are my old friends. I the March girls. I read that when I was eight. Yes. We did extensively dunk on the cover um, before we started recording, but oh, I think we need to revisit this God, topic. Oh terrible. This is the, the UK cover yes. specifically. The American cover is not great as the US covers go, I have to say. I don't know. They look like human beings. They look like human beings. It's just that the clothes look hideous. Um, and that's fine. But the UK cover, oh, I mean, she's meant to be 12. The only word is haggard, I think. Extremely. And then Marianne looks like a, like, kind of weird looking four-year-old. She looks like a weirdo Victorian kid. Like, is that Marianne? Because I thought it was Stacy that was taking photos. Well, Marianne is right next to, because she's got the braids, even though her dad lets her wear her hair. The person who illustrated this doesn't even know, they haven't read the book. They they haven't read the book. They haven't seen human children, Karen. <laughs> I maintain yes. my opinion that the person who did the illustration for this book 
is a GCSE art student. Yeah, I think like that's decent work for at. a GCSE art student. <laughs> but like she has I'm... dark circles under her eyes and wrinkles. The only thing I will say in its defense is that she has been looking after 14 children for the five days prior to this. That's I, I'd look like that if I'd been mining for 14 children. We're in our 30s. When you were 12, that kind of thing had no effect That's on your true. appearance whatsoever. Good point. The miracle of youth. Mm. Yeah, she she looks like that that iconic photo from the Great Depression of the, like, the, the, yes. the baseball mom. Oh my god, she, she does. does actually look like Was that, that lady. the reference they used? Like, <laughs> somebody decided to paint those bags under her eyes. <laughs> yeah, like, a lot of work went into those bags. They didn't just happen the way Claudia's lack of a face happens on these covers. <laughs> like, th- there was effort put into lovingly sculpting these bags and these worry lines and the incredibly frazzled roots of her hair. <laughs> Uh, and like they drew these lines around the corners of her mouth like the ones that I have had since my early 30s <laughs> yeah like she she looks like she's been worrying a lot and heavily smoking for a, quite a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, um, so I think we're you were saying Esther that after this they seem to have um, I think found they better artists. the GCSE kid like they still <laughs> have a very low budget look like they mostly look like they were done with coloring pencils um, they actually do yeah 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 what? the UK the, yeah they they are all very obviously yeah. coloring pencil drawings but the from here on out I think they do start to look like they were done by someone who has met people in their life ever which is bittersweet i think is, is all i can call it because we do enjoy bad I, things yes i mean i love bad things possibly more than i love good things which probably says a lot about who i am as a person <laughs> but um yeah this this cover is really again it has to be googled to be believed because whatever you're picturing from our descriptions it's somehow worse please just google, google it. it now please yes, google, google it, it like you just if we've had to look at this since the tender and vulnerable years of our youth, like I have the paper copy of a book with this shit on the cover. In your house. Haunting your dreams. In my, ordered with a batch of 12 of them from an, a, thir- a, a mature and sophisticated 13 year old who was selling them in the Ireland's own classified ads, in fact. Well, no wonder she wanted to get rid of them and <laughs> if they looked like this. Um, I have a couple more, couple more things on the list oh, no. if you want to, uh, mm-hmm. don't mind. Nanny seems pretty cool. Mm. Um, this is her first appearance of Nanny and the Pink Clinker. I think I wanted a pink car having like read these books. Um, I did acquire a yellow car. Yeah, I was going to say, your years. first car was bright yellow and very peppy yes, and cute. I missed that yellow Primary car. Primary school teacher when I was in sixth class had a yellow car, like fourth or sixth class she was in the school. Anyway, she had a yellow car. Uh, we called it. We called her the banana boat, but she was friends with another young teacher who had a green car, so we used to call them Lemon and the Lime. That's amazing. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Um, yeah, it used to be able to get brighter colors of car. I, yeah, um, that's actually a thing. They, they stopped making bright... Everything is fucking gray mm, now, and it silver, sucks. Yes. I now drive a silver car, which is a good car, but I do miss the yellow. Um, my favorite thing used to be to find another yellow car parked in a car park, hey. and then like park next to it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Make people wonder what we were doing. That's such a good game. I love it. I wish my car wasn't dark, dark grey. You could get it sprayed pink, apparently. I mean, I could. You'd have to pay and then you'd re-register it because your car's colour is part of the registration. I discovered oh, yes, this when we got our first ever second car in 1995 when they just, when the like, health service started paying my parents slightly more money mm. to be nurses. And... um we bought a really ancient car that my aunt owned off her and painted it like with like house paint. We painted it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, amazing. And then dad had to re-register the color of the car. <laughs> Magnolia. Or no, no, he had to pick a paint color that was sort of a bit like the original color, so he didn't have oh to re-register god. the paint color. That's what happened. Yeah, we painted it off white oh with a red stripe because it looked kind of like an ambulance. And we made it look more like an ambulance. I don't know why we did any of that. I think it was really rusty. You should you should ask your dad about this. Yes. I need to, yeah, revisit this chapter in my life. We we keep coming up with stuff that we're like, we need to quiz our parents on what was the basis for this decision. Yes. Yeah. All right. We were talking about Nanny and how also I find it hilarious that they're like, Nanny's so old, but she still has like friends and activities. And like, (laughs) Nanny is my mother's age. Um, And okay, my mother doesn't do a lot of socializing, but that's always been her choice. (laughs) Not because she's old. (laughs) It's been her shtick. Exactly. Um, I was going to say, my parents are in, they're now pushing 70 and have definitely got more of a social life than I do. They are down at the well they would have been before Corona, down at the pub multiple nights a week. These days they're like on their uh Zoom pints are going to this fella down the road who built a full on bar out in his back garden. Oh yes. Goals. Oh yeah. For socially distant pints. Three nights, five nights, I don't know, every night a week. <laughs> as many nights as you have in the week. Pretty fellas. much. And they're retired, so they got a lot of nights. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I look forward to that. Um, yeah, so Nanny, um, actually, Nanny's active social life is more impressive when you think that not only is she making multiple outfits for people in this wedding, but also she has shown up with um, not uh, 10 cousins worth of presents, um, some of which are hand-knit jumpers. Yes. Um, which is like, how? It takes like a year to knit a jumper unless you're Mrs. Weasley and she is using magic and <laughs> nobody has to tell me otherwise i reckon nanny sort of just has these on the go like she's just like i'll just well look every january i start doing jumpers for all the grandchildren because i'll meet them at some stage during the year and then i'll have a hand knit jumper for them i'll give this one to whoever is the size for it when i finish it yeah i'm pretty sure (laughs) take so long okay yes all right yeah but also I she's... I, I have known anti-knitting magic where they just do produce multiple jumpers. I bet she has oh. a knitting machine I... also. I bet she has a knitting machine. My Auntie Mary had have... a knitting machine. I don't think that's common. I think that's pretty... That's a pretty niche. Yeah. Well, I bet this woman has that's... one though. Possibly. Well, yeah, but that's that's pretty cool of your auntie. Do you remember, but I don't know that that's the auntie's Our have. friend Tommy, like, um, I remember he was wearing like an iron knit jumper and he said that mm-hmm. his now wife had made it in the space of two and a half weeks. Um, Witchcraft. Yeah. I, <laughs> she was just taking like ephedrine <laughs> and, and playing like house music and knitting. <laughs> For two weeks solid. Yep. Um, he was like, yeah, no, I, I'm not, obviously I'm going to wear the jumper after all. <laughs> but, um, well, yeah. She was just going through a thing. 
<laughs> I am in awe of Nanny's high speed crafting skills. Mm-hmm. And particularly as as a former knitter, I'm aware that a jumper with a pattern of little dogs on it would be an absolute pain in the hole oh to God. make. My like, theory. That yes. is a lot more difficult than like a stripey jumper or whatever. Nanny is hardcore. Maybe she's mm-hmm. also an effigy. My theory is that <laughs> Nanny is not so much like a super knitter, though I'm sure she is as super organized. She had these already. You know the way Christy is really bossy and organized? Mm-hmm. You know she the way Christy's mum is really yeah, bossy and organized? Because she actually is. And yeah. if you watch the, the yeah, new adaptation, you see yeah. Christy didn't lick it off the stones, as they say. <laughs> and neither did Christy's mum. The thing I love, actually, is the barbershop scene, which, again, makes me come out in a cold Oh, fashion, God, yes. This is when they bring all the small is it what is it six small boys to the barber shop all at once yes um, and i and, feel so bad for the barbers and they didn't get barred from the barbers they got barred from the cinema and the playground <laughs> but the barbers are made of sterner stuff barbers are you um, well used to this but but you know the reason that that particular trip went better than the others is because christy right. knew that she could threaten the boys nanny. with nanny and they actually behaved themselves when she did and i was like i actually feel vindicated though <laughs> Sooner or later, oh, I feel like I'm like dunking on my own kids quite a lot in this, and they they are actually really nice. I was gonna boys. say, um, but they're quite they're hyper, uh, and it, there are times when I resort to like, your kids are awesome, mild threats. All kids are trying. Your kids are great, <laughs> trying in both senses of the word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a specific part of my mum's duties as a grandmother to a mm-hmm. like ungodly number of grandchildren. Is that like when one of the grandchildren has been just too bold? you call in granny <gasps> and she has a special voice that she uses her voice goes down by about two octaves and it's terrifying and it would put manners on anyone oh my god <laughs> i'm also absolutely horrified by the description of christy singing 17 verses of old mcdonald had a farm <laughs> well the boys were getting their hair cut whatever she tipped the barber it wasn't enough <laughs> if the barber has children of their own it's so they were just two blocks. Yeah. If if he had his own kids, he would understand. Because things that are annoying noises to people with no kids are the sound of your kid not complaining <laughs> or crying or asking you for snacks. That's the point. To a parent. Um so <laughs> that barber may have just been like, ah. and also if they deal with a lot of children, um they, he might have been willing to just put up with it. I think the implication was that senior barber who owns the business is like, yeah, this is the kind of thing that happens and the junior guy basically quit <laughs> that is exactly the impression i got the, yeah the senior barber was like ah, no load of small children i'm not cut out for this <laughs> i'm joining the army small boys who don't want haircuts this is just how it goes uh, and the mm. other guy was like what is happening and why <laughs> can i please shave an adult man this is what i signed up for welcome to your apprenticeships buddy um, um i think almost all my notes have come up at some point um i do have um <laughs> i wasn't drunk reading the book i swear um but it says watson has three toaster ovens. yes what <laughs> why how many why would you have- how much toast does he eat what? Just a toaster oven. Oh, I, I, I actually can answer that. It's like a little mini plug-in oven that sits on the counter. And you might use it for making like cheese on toast or something that you don't want to turn on the whole oven for. So American cookers don't have grills in them, is what I'm hearing. Or I top ovens. Possibly not, yeah. You'd, you'd kind of use it in place of the grill for like this small, way, I mean, quick things. My Sims have used a toaster oven. That's about it. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. Or or if you have like a very minimalist kitchen because you live in a tiny house. I guess if I if I live in a clearly not Watson's yeah. issue, but why does he have three no. toaster ovens? Is this like is this Adam Martin's like concept of wealth? <laughs> like you yeah, can have impression. as many toaster ovens as you I want. do sort of get the impression that with wealth, as with twelve year olds in the eighties and nineties, Anna Martin is desperately sort of trying to put something together <laughs> from her limited experience. Yeah, she's extrapolating like which people own what we own, but more of them. <laughs> that counts for everything. Oh, speaking of like cultural differences, one of the things I have highlighted here is like when they put all the kids in wagons, we just don't have those here. Yeah, mm. no. And they're they such cool like, toys. And they, they seem, seem to be really handy. super fucking sturdy, like that they'll take like the kids on trips downtown and stuff. Seven kids, yeah, to mm-hmm. the library. The first time I ever saw one was in Germany. And I remember we were on holiday and I like was plastered to the window going, oh my God, this is one of those things I have in the babysitter's club. <laughs> it was, and it was like, yeah, clearly a German, sporty German dad, like cycling somewhere with the kids and the, the wagon in the back. Um, I mean... On the one hand, it seems like a good idea. And on the other hand, like, are those up to code? Oh my God, is it safe? This whole thing is an insurance nightmare. Like, they're putting the kids in wagons. Marianne puts two babies squashed into one pram mm. at one point. One baby, like, on the other yes. baby. It was the 80s. It's, it's fine. Horrors. Um, Christy <laughs> has briefly re- realizes that the house is full of unsecured medicines and cleaning supplies and electrical sockets and is basically a death trap. But then... She gets to I presume they fix that. I don't know. It doesn't actually say. She just worries about it, and then the mother is like, "Now here's the painkillers to give one child, and here's the antihistamines to give the other child, mm-hmm. and it's really stressful." <laughs> I the thing about putting the two kids in the one buggy. Um, every now and again, my, my children stage a revolt when I'm somewhere far away from the house, and I have one buggy and two children, and I I'm like, I try to get them to do that, <laughs> guys. I know I know we're not supposed to, but could you just sit in each other's laps? They have uniformly refused to do it. <laughs> These kids are more compliant than, like, the babies anyway are kind of, like, going along for the ride, which babies have, like, strong opinions on what you can and cannot do with them from day Maybe one. Maybe Marianne is just dosing them up with gripe water. The good old Maybe stuff. Maybe she is. <laughs> hair, hair. Yeah, okay, that's the solution. Morbid of Destiny just crashes the wedding. Yes! Um, and is welcomed in because it's a backyard wedding and I suppose she's a neighbor. So Whatever. yeah, maybe. Um, Why would you do that though? Like you'd be like, this appears to be a wedding ceremony. Well, I would be in the upstairs with a pair of uh, binoculars, <laughs> binoculars and one of those laser uh, microphones be like getting out all the gossip. But I wouldn't try to get myself invited. I mean, my God, if next door had a wedding in their back garden, I would be all over that. But I wouldn't knock on the door. <laughs> I just earwig from the garden and watch. Maybe over- she felt she had to make an appearance. You know, like this is my town, and no one's going to have a wedding here uh, without me showing up with a substandard gift. <laughs> like, no, it is it is awkward enough socializing with people at a wedding when you don't really know the. Uh, you're you're like yeah. I'm the one friend out of this particular context, so I'm going to be at the miscellaneous table. (laughs) And maybe they'll be very nice, but we probably won't have anything to say to each other. Like, I can't see putting myself voluntarily in that situation. Well, maybe those crab crepes were just really tempting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you do get those people in Ireland who go to funerals for the sandwiches. That's true. (laughs) She's the wedding equivalent. Maybe crab crepes was Christy's mum sort of going... 
what's the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I could... Um, what do fancy people eat? <laughs> what do fancy people eat? But like, I'm, I'm having a... I'm trying to articulate that I'm having a crisis here. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say that I would want a caterer to produce the most ludicrous food stuff that people do not I'm eat? I'm having a crab crepe crisis. I need crepes, but with cra- crabs in them. <laughs> I like crab and I also like crepes. But I don't think I want those two. <laughs> Never the twain together. shall meet. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. My last note that I haven't covered is oh well, apart from Karen and fake news shocker, which is I think a pretty good uh, headline, <laughs> um, is a uh, Charlie Thomas is left in charge of the Thomas children while um, the newlyweds go off on their holiday in Vermont, and I'm like, ooh, that's a bold move, you know, getting married and like just not a abandoning your kids because they are all that bit older but (laughs) like leaving them in charge of the house um there's gonna be like you're just just don't expect your liquor cabinet to be the same when you get back (laughs) is all i'm saying um but uh, charlie's house rules are pretty good Mm um so (laughs) they don't technically contravene um the instructions that they were given uh i think christy could learn some chill from charlie to be fair yeah maybe he's trying to set a go- good example and be a chill role model <laughs> he's like you yeah, know my younger sister is showing signs of being kind of uptight <laughs> yeah i have to show i have to set a good example for her so he says yes dinner every night will be pizza everyone must go to bed an hour later than usual sam no eating in the kitchen food is permitted only in front of the tv set while it's on christy you must i repeat must spend three hours a day talking on the phone david michael Go through the TV guide and make sure you don't miss a single cartoon show. Do I still have to take my vitamins? David Michael asked, inspired. Yes, said Charlie. Don't press your luck. Um, so this is this is pretty chill, but also yeah, this is very clever on um, Charlie's behalf. They're all getting to act out yes. just a little bit yep. while not burning the house down while he's in charge, thus leaving him free to uh, make use of the liquor cabinet. Yes. Yep. Oh, Charlie's smart. <laughs> the end. Like Charlie handled that real well. It's like when I babysat. I used to let every, all the kids who were old enough to like appreciate the laxity of the rules go to bed half an hour later than the parents said. Mm, it was thirty nice. minutes. It wasn't going to make a huge amount of difference, but the kids really appreciated that thirty minutes. Yeah, especially given that you then didn't have to spend those thirty minutes arguing that they should. <laughs> Which I would have had to otherwise. <laughs> Plus, like, then, like, I'd, like, yeah. read the meds, or better still, we Tips. had chats. Had chats was best when we got to the age to have uh, chats yes. instead. <laughs> so what are the tips, actually, that we got from this book, apart from... Hide the poisons before you have 14 <laughs> babies over. Oh, yeah. Don't. How to run an illegal daycare. <laughs> uh, yeah, overall, this is this is a fun one. Yeah, I love this yeah. one. But uh, it, it has probably not aged as well as some of the others. Um, and I think I don't. I haven't reached this one in the TV series, but it sounds like they haven't um, uh, stuck quite so closely to the original. They do plot. not run an illegal daycare in the TV. Episode, no, they don't. Which my daughter felt very <laughs> cheated by. <laughs> the the writers were like, "No, we can't make this work. No. <laughs> we're just gonna." I yeah. do have another babysitting tip, which is mm-hmm. have a discreet word with your babysitting charges about not spreading fake news stories that cause all the kids to panic and run away <laughs> and get you barred from the playground. I mean, she was really Orson Welsing that shit. She really was. <laughs> I feel like Karen is just a force of nature and attempting to stop her doing her thing is uh, is probably counterproductive Pro- for everybody. Good point, yeah. Oh, one of the other kids 
like at random um just so they all show up on the final day with bags of oh yeah yeah to, <laughs> to have a to be changed into for the rehearsal dinner and this child almost scuppers everything at the last hour by um showing up and saying oh yeah i just switched everybody's clothes around for the crack <laughs> <laughs> and the babysitter's like you're making us look bad um but also yeah this is just the level of I would have been very very angry at this had I think while the I was idea was that they were in that they like were like just go sit in this room and think about what you've done <laughs> yes. and shut the door on her for 20 minutes while they get the other kids dressed yes and and the parents are like why is she wearing tights <laughs> don't ask we're just not yes it's I mean fine. quite frankly if the worst thing you can say about your week of cheap babysitting is that your kid got some extra formal wear that you didn't mm-hmm. buy for them you're doing pretty well yeah i don't think i don't think that the actual parents of the children were paying for the babysitting i think that was all covered no that's true by, like, i think that was christy's in, mom i think so in which case this is basically a vacation yes for all those well a vacation where you have to make hundreds some. of canapes <laughs> i i hope they remember that's all yeah <laughs> yes oh there's going to be yeah. well, don't forget they're at a wedding you know yeah. what happens if you go to a wedding when you're... I never did. But you know what happens when you go to a wedding if you're a kid? The adults all get mm. drunk and give you loads of money. <laughs> I uh, We crashed someone's wedding once. What? Um, because <laughs> uh, we were staying in a very swanky resort in the Philippines in 1993. And a wedding was taking place on the grounds. And we just kind of went and... It was outdoors. And we just went and sat down on the grass next to it and watched it happening. And I was like... This is the most glamorous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I was just bowled over by it. Um, among other things, they um, they had these model swans representing the couple that they uh, like they had on the pool. Ooh. They were just floating on the swimming pool, and I think there may have been an ice sculpture as well. I'm like, this is amazing! I can't believe it. It was a definite highlight of that particular Legit. holiday. But yeah, no, we weren't invited at all. <laughs> Nobody seemed to mind us being there. We were just staying in the hotel where it was happening. Um, it was great. I wish those people well. <laughs> if you got married in Cebu in 1993 and you're like listening to this, then like, um, you know, it was a lovely wedding. Thank you for having us. <laughs> I crashed an engagement party once with a group of friends. We all went on like a really cheap group on holiday uh, somewhere in Waterford or something uh, in February, which is why it was so cheap. And mm-hmm. we went to this, we picked a random pub in the town and went to that. And we, there was a DJ mm-hmm. playing kind of cool, cheesy music. We liked cheesy music. So we started dancing and there was no one else up dancing. That's fine. There was it. Anyway, it turned out that <laughs> the DJ was actually there for someone's engagement party. <laughs> which the, the actual dance floor area was not clearly delineated as being booked for this maybe if you were local you'd have known it but the actual area were out but everyone at the engagement party was a dry shite we realized this much later in the evening after several other people had joined us on the dance floor when we were all in the bathroom all like eight of us or whatever we were all in the bathroom and someone came to us and i think we had noticed the engagement party things going on went it's my engagement. You're the dancing girls. Thank you. No one else was dancing. Oh. And we had a fantastic night. Do you know, I think I've got a really important takeaway message from this one. Yeah. Um, and from all of our 
uh, inane rambling throughout the whole course of the podcast, which is that um, Sorry, they, people want their wedding day to be perfect, but actually that's not what you want for your wedding day. No. You need a certain amount of chaos, not too much. You don't want the venue to be flooded, which is what happened to my wedding venue the week after we were there. And I was like, you just want enough chaos that you have hilarious stories to tell yes. afterwards. Yes. Um, because if everyone behaves completely appropriately, everyone's just going to forget um think about this if you're getting married you need to um if if you think there's a chance that everyone's going to just be on their best behavior and everything's going to go smoothly have something ready to go wrong at the last minute (laughs) you know schedule it make sure it's there it's it's what a responsible wedding organizer does yes it's what christy would do yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should we maybe actually yeah. let Esther go to bed because it is a million o'clock? Yeah. Yeah. We fucking should, says Esther. <laughs> yeah. I sh- probably should go to bed. Um. I'm just looking for a punchy sign off. Make sure you order crab crepes for three hundred well in advance. Yes. Um. That you have a formidable grandmother on hand. Yes. Um. That you hide the poison. Uh, especially hide the poison. <laughs> and that you have a convenient number of um prepubescent girls who are willing to uh, run an illegal daycare centre for less than minimum wage each. Those are super handy. Yeah. Oh, and also never be afraid to write a letter to all of your friends about how cool you know they think you are. (laughs) (laughs) I've done this many times. Oh yeah, I mean, I think you're very cool (laughs) because like, your hair is styled and you're from (laughs) Dublin. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and invite the local neighborhood witch just in case. She's going to show up anyway. Esther, you're going to get the majority of the profits from this when it makes some, right? Yes, profits. It'll all go into buying us better microphones, probably. <laughs> Oh,